Hi there, we're the two Johns from EST eSafety Training. My name is John Staines. And I am John Woodley. In today's podcast, we're going to look at youth produced sexual images, the impact it has on our young people, and as our parents, we sometimes get our advice wrong. We both spent many years working as detectives in the line of online abuse, and that often involved arresting paedophiles, seizing their computers, and having a look at the contents. And one thing that always sticks with us is the amount of self-produced sexual imagery that was found on every single paedophile's computer. And alarmingly, most of the time, the young people in the images have no idea that that has ever got out there. And we would do certain things to try and work out where the child lived. And um, we'll talk about that shortly in terms of Snapchat. And if we could identify a young person's address and knock on their door, pretty much every time we ever went there and showed them the image that we'd found, the young person would turn around and say, it's not me. After 30 seconds, they would burst into tears and say, it is me. And then after a minute, they would turn around and say, I can't believe they've done that to me. And what we'd realise is they'd been in a relationship where consensual images have been taken and the young person had no concept that that might then be shared outside of that. And I think when we were talking to a group of children before lockdown and mentioned this, we were asking them, we said, if you were going to send a person a rude image, what would you use to do that? And they all turned around and said, Snapchat. And I said, why would you use Snapchat? And I think it's important to say there's six girls and six boys in this group. And um, all the girls said they would use Snapchat because after seven or eight seconds, the image would disappear. And I turned around and said, well, that's a bit daft, don't you think? Because they could screen capture you. And all of the girls turned around and said, yeah, but if they screen captured us, then we would know they did it. And before I could actually say anything, the six boys in the group burst into laughter. I said, what do you find funny? And he goes, well, all the girls are really dopey and they're all sending us pictures on Snapchat. All we do is go home in the evening and um, basically screen capture them and share them with our friends. At that, all of the girls in the group started to cry. And I think we realise in situations like that the enormity of what we're up against. The first question we're always asked is, is the image going to be out there forever? And there's no nice way of sugarcoating this the image is going to be out there forever because it only takes one person to save it. And that's it. And I think you've got to look at the position of the young person now. So they've been told it's going to be out there forever. They're embarrassed. They're hurt. And how low are they at that moment? And we would suggest that they're at a very, very low point. And the next thing to ask yourself is, what is the typical parent reaction when an image of their child comes to light? And unfortunately, in our professional experience, Parents often go mad, they vilify the child, they have a go at the young person. They might even take away all their social networking abilities. They might take away their phone. So a child that was in a really vulnerable position anyway is suddenly in a heightened vulnerable position. And unfortunately, from experience, people that want to exploit them will realise that the child is in that position. And if you're not careful, they will then interact in some way with that child, offering help and support. And before you know it, they're in an even darker place. As parents, we've got to get to a situation where when things go wrong for our children, we offer them help and support. We might be hurting inside, we might be disappointed inside, but we've got to be really careful that we appreciate the trauma that the child is going through at that moment in time and offer them a way out. 
sometimes we think age limits aren't that useful. So if you take um, Snapchat as a really good example, it's got an age limit of 13. And for too many um, parents, they'll stick religiously to that. So for example, if you take a young person, it's like the parent puts their arms around them, holds them really tight and cuddles them. And um, the young person saying, please can I have Snapchat? And the parent is saying, no, you can't have it till you're 13. Unfortunately, every day- I remember age limits, John, like that. <laughs> I was told I couldn't drink till I was 18. That really works, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think that's a really um, good point in question. So we're walking along, we've got our arm around the child and we're walking forward and we're cuddling them and keeping them really, really safe. Unfortunately, every day the young person's getting older and every day that parent is walking forward. They're actually walking towards what we would describe like a cliff. And every day you're getting closer and closer to the cliff. Eventually, the parent's toes are dangling over the cliff and we're holding our young person. We look up and there's a big sign that says 13. At that moment in time, we then drop the young person off the cliff. They hit the ground quite hard, dust themselves down, and suddenly it's like, wow, I've got Snapchat, and they go a little bit mad. And the question to ask ourselves is, how much nurturing went into that situation? How much advice did we give the young person before we threw them off the cliff? We want to see a point in time where the adult actually sits down and starts to gradually introduce them into the app that we're going to ultimately let them use. Personally, we think it's a good idea to sit down with a child and introduce them in a meaningful way. And uh, perhaps one way of looking at this is before your young person goes up to big school, perhaps that's the start time to start talking about it. Because um, once young people go to secondary school, the method of communication is Snapchat. And if you turn up at secondary school without Snapchat, you're going to be pretty much left out. You're not going to be part of that network. So. A safe way of introducing it might be to let the child download Snapchat, but then you download Snapchat yourself as an adult. I know that sounds a bit alien to some people, but it's important that you do that. And what you're gonna to say to your child is, you can have Snapchat, but you are only allowed one friend. And unfortunately for the young person, that friend is you. And then what you're gonna do over the next couple of months is just chat to each other over Snapchat. Use some of the filters. And certainly when I did that with my daughter, I started to, really like the filters and we had a bit of a laugh but that was like father and daughter bonding over snapchat if you like and starting to get an understanding of it i realized once my daughter was going to big school you would then have to let the rope out a little bit more and let them go out there but what you've managed to do is because you've been involved with a young person over it you've been able to chat about it you understand the way it works and then once they go to big school explain to them that you now will let them add friends because that's how the world is but try and make sure that the friends they're adding are people they know in real life and don't add random strangers but also make sure that the young person is well aware when they're sending pictures to their friends they're going to be out there forever because most young people using snapchat are in the habit of sitting there taking loads and loads and loads of random pictures take my daughter as a good example i don't really understand it but she sits there taking selfie after selfie and then sending them. And I'll turn around to her and say, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm sending selfies. I say, well, they're a bit embarrassing, aren't they? She goes, oh, dad, she goes, you're so old fashioned. That's what everyone's doing. And I guess what you've got to say to your children is when they do that, that's fine. But would they like that picture to turn up on a big billboard outside the school? If the answer's yes, then perhaps there aren't too many concerns. If your answer's no, then perhaps they want to think about it. But what we're saying here is that is an adult and a young person sitting down, introducing it between themselves. So you've got an understanding. 
what we don't want is a cliff top parent approach where you get to 13 chuck them off the cliff the kid then gets it and works it all out for themselves with no adult oversight whatsoever we think that is where more problems are going to come about if you let your children have snapchat from the start that within that app there's a feature called snap maps and sometimes we get caught out by this but what you would need to do with snapchat if you let your child has it is make sure that the location settings don't enable them to be seen by their friends on snapchat what you would need to do is on the main front end of snapchat so when you first turn it on you're looking at yourself in a camera if i'm honest you get your finger put it on the screen and run it down and that opens up like a map and you can actually see yourself on the map so if this is your child's device you're going to see them on the map at the top of the screen you've got a settings button that's like a little white circle in the top right hand corner if you click on that it opens up a screen and what you need to do is turn on a function called ghost mode when you turn ghost mode on you'll see it turn blue behind a white button um, please make sure that you have that permanently switched on so it does ask you to select whether you want it on for 24 hours or other variations but basically you want to make sure that that is on all the time if you don't actually control the location in that way one of the situations that seems to be happening at the moment is um, gangs are exploiting the ability to see people on a map and we're aware of a situation in Essex where you had a young teenage girl she was in a relationship with someone that she met over instagram which was a boy and what she didn't realize was that the boy was actually a gang member she had no reason to know that unfortunately not only had she added her boyfriend on snapchat she'd added various random people from around essex what she didn't realize is some of them random people were in an opposing gang to her boyfriend unfortunately because she didn't have the snap maps feature protected they were able to see her real time on the map and one day she actually left school she was walking home a car turns up and she is manhandled by the gang members that all centered back towards use of snapchat so situations like that need to be explained to children about why it's so important because they won't always get it they'll say it's quite cool that their friends can see where they are but what our kids regard as friends is sometimes open to conjecture unfortunately where our children are growing up in a different world to us sexual imagery is seen as very normal so if you get a young person in a relationship they think nothing of actually taking pictures obviously most adults when they were growing up this was an alien concept we wouldn't have been taking pictures of each other and we certainly wouldn't have been sharing them so because we don't understand it when all of a sudden an image is out there and as a parent become aware of it we tend to go a bit mad we will go really heavy on a young person and what we're hoping we're making you do is think carefully about that the trauma the child goes through when an image is out there is significant they need help and support and if that first line of support is an angry parent that isn't going to help anyone yeah, in the privacy when we're perhaps away from the young person if we're disappointed then we can have that sort of animated discussion amongst ourselves but we really need to show a supportive front to our children otherwise it is going to end really badly so as parents we have a choice we can ignore this world again for our young people or get involved like we've said when if they want snapchat learn it with them understand their use 
understand why their relationships, they take pictures, and better still help them rather than vilify them, like we've said. So if an image does get out there, you can report it to the Internet Watch Foundation, who have the ability to remove it from most websites that it appears on, or most apps. However, unfortunately, it only takes one person to have copied that image, and then you can't get it back, because once it's on a personal computer, it's very hard to retrieve, so it may well occur. So, whilst you can get it taken down publicly, if it is out there personally, you need to speak to the young person and reassure them that you're there to support them, and if it does reoccur, you'll carry on supporting them forever. Thank you for listening to today's podcast on You've Produced Sexual Images. I'm John Staines. And I'm John Woodley. And tomorrow, we'll be talking about bullying and the overall messages about safety.